Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Wealth Conversation podcast with me, Tsitsi Mutiti. I guide high-achieving women on their journey to build lasting wealth so they can prepare for an abundant future in every area of their life. I hope that today's episode will help you to transform your relationship with money so you can make the choices that will enable you to create the opportunities and lasting wealth that you desire. Let's get straight into this week's episode. Hey there, it's good to have you back with us. So I know you've been listening to this podcast every single week and that you've been taking in the wealth of knowledge from all the guests that have been on the podcast so far. But a lot of you have told me that you haven't taken any action, mainly because you're not sure where to start. And I get it because I've been there before. The good news is, however, that I can definitely help you get clear on the three steps that you can take straight away to create the solid foundation that you desire. So head to the show notes and click the link to book a power hour session with me. There's definitely never been a better time to become the designer of your financial future. This episode is focused on how small businesses and entrepreneurs can better manage their business finances. I have invited Chartered Certified Accountant Jackie Stewart to share how she helps her clients manage the numbers. Jackie Stewart is also a qualified teacher, qualified money coach for Christians Against Poverty, as well as a director for her company Financial Training and Consultancy. She has facilitated various courses and workshops on financial management, QuickBooks accounting and personal money management. Welcome, Jackie, to the Wealth Conversation podcast. Hi, Titsi. Glad to be here. I'm glad to have you here. And I can't wait for you to share everything you know. I'm going to try and tease out as much as I can about <laughs> business, finance and accounting. Um, but before we do that, please share a bit more about yourself and your background. Yeah, sure. So I'm Jackie Stewart, not the famous car racing driver, as most people think when I say my name. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't have the Scottish accent anyway, so no. But yes, my background is I'm a chartered accountant. I spent all over 20 years in the city working corporately for various organisations. When I had my second child 14 years ago, I qualified as a teacher. I had a friend who was doing running teaching programs for women and needed my assistance on the accountancy side. But I saw what she did and fell in love with it and thought, oh, I want to teach too. <laughs> so I actually um, did most of my teacher training at an alternative education establishment for young people, got thrown in at the deep end, but absolutely loved it. So I qualified as a teacher. And then in 2013, decided to leave corporate world and begin my own company financial training, teaching finance to all to individuals as well as to business owners. Oh, wow. I actually didn't know about the teacher training. That's so interesting. Oh. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, it was very interesting. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Now, you've called your company financial as an yes. F-U-N-A-N-C-I-A-L, training Absolutely. and consultant. Is there a story behind the name? There is, actually. Well, there were two reasons for the name. Not so much a story, but I was always told, working corporately as an accountant, that I'm 
when I used to say to people, oh, I'm an accountant, they'd be like, you're not a typical accountant. Because there's a stereotype in the city about what accountants are like and that they're boring. And people used to say to me, but you're so fun. <laughs> How can you be an accountant? So it was partly that, but it was also because I was teaching um, youth and I was supposed to be teaching maths, which I was teaching maths, to be honest with you. But I would also go into the business side of stuff a little bit with them also and the personal financial management, management side. And I always tried to make it fun and relatable because that's how they actually built up the rapport with me and they would warm to me in the subject matter. So I thought instead of calling it financial training, because initially my target were the youth. I thought if I call it financial training, they're more likely to engage with me than boring finances. <laughs> so yeah, that's the story behind it really. Wow, that's, that's so interesting. Um... And for those who are listening, um, Jackie actually is my accountant and I do have a lot of fun even when we're going through the boring stuff. <laughs> yeah. There you go. You make, make it, it yeah, indeed, you make it very pain-free. I'm always dreading our sessions and then it's like, oh, it's done. That was great. <laughs> yeah, my thing is about simplifying everything and yeah, making people enjoy the experience as much as possible. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, you you for, well, that's the experience I've had so far. <laughs> Thank you, Sates worked. Good. Yes, it is. <laughs> Good <to know. laughs> now, Jackie, I know that you're passionate about supporting businesses that are focused mm -hmm. on community building. Could you mm -hmm. share why that is so important to you? Yes, because um, again, back to me working in the city for so many years. Um, what I found is when I was actually training, doing my teacher training, and I was working with like ex-gang members or youth that came from really low income families. And I was, it's like I was living in two different worlds. I was going into the city and I was working with my colleagues who mainly came from Oxford and <laughs> had no idea what was happening in my local community. It was just so far fetched from what I was actually experiencing. And at the same time, my son, who at the time was 16, was also facing a lot of um, negativity amongst his peers. So um, they always wanted to steal his phone and things like that. So I really wanted to understand what was happening in my community. And I wanted to become part of the change, do my little bit for my community. And because finance is my thing, I thought, most of poverty and why people get into crime basically comes down to finance. So I thought if I can help my community with their literacy skills, financial literacy skills, but not just that business owners, because I, it actually was the same thing. The businesses that I was working with locally didn't have the correct financial systems in place and so would never make any money from their business. So it was the same thing that I was seeing. So that was why I thought, this is what I can do to give back to my community, leave my, use my two skills, teaching and finance and help. Oh, I absolutely love that, Jackie. That's, that's, that's really amazing. Um, and such a good cause, you know, you know, I'm all about generational wealth and I think you're yes. definitely mm -hmm. playing a part in that journey for, for many people. Now, thinking about the businesses that you've been supporting so far, what are some of the common hurdles that um, the small business owners you've, you are supporting or have supported? What are those uh, hurdles that they have had to overcome with regards to managing their business finances? 
how I, let me see if it, this is a story actually, how I got into accountancy was I used to go to, I had a friend who ran her own nail salon and I used to go there and help her. And then we were talking and I, back then I used to like do bookkeeping. So I wasn't qualified or anything as an accountant. And I said, oh, let me, let me do your books for you. So I was doing that for her voluntarily. Then she said she needed an accountant. And so she had arranged a meeting with an accountant. And she said to me, I'm terrified to talk to this accountant. I don't think I will understand the lingo or what he's going to be saying to me. Would you mind sitting in on the um, meeting with me? And I said, yes, absolutely. That person actually, that, that gentleman that was there actually ended up becoming my mentor because he saw the work that I did for her just on a bookkeeping level. And he was like, I've got accountants that can't even produce what you're producing. That's another story. However, that same conversation that she had with me is what I'm witnessing. A lot of people have this fear of accountants. So that's the first thing. And because they're not sure what they actually want the accountant to do, they'd rather not ask. So then they try and muddle their way through or they wait until they actually get into problem with the authorities because maybe they haven't set their business up correctly or they haven't filed returns. And at that point, when they're desperate, is probably when they come. So that's part of it. Just this fear of this stigma around accountants, I get. I guess. The other thing is also, it, is, it comes back to financial literacy, which is the same whether you're dealing with personal finances, there is a correlation with the same thing with your business finances. So again, if somebody personally is not managing their personal finances and then they start a business, the same habits and pattern is going to filter through to their business. So I've had businesses come to me who've been running a business, which I call a hobby because they've never taken any money from it for many years. And just because they don't know what to do, it's it really does just come down to literacy and they haven't found somebody who will break it down to them in a language that they can understand. So that's the main things what happens. And then they don't have any systems in place. They're not monitoring what's happening in their business. Are they even charging the right price for their services and for their products that they're selling? Because they've never looked at the numbers to know whether they're actually making a profit. They don't know how to take money out of the business legally, depending on their business structure. So it is really comes down to education, if I'm honest. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. Yeah, financial education is, is so key. And mm-hmm. how have you um, helped people sort of overcome that issue of personal finance funding their business and, you know, working out what where the money is going? Because that was a, a problem I had in the beginning. You know, when you're starting off, you don't yeah. have any clients, so you're putting a lot of money in. But, you know, how do you get them to break that cycle or at least get to a point where they know how much they've put in I'm not even talking about taking out but just having that acknowledgement of this is how much of my personal money that's going in to fund this business yeah and so it depends where on the journey they they that they actually come to me so I tend to deal with mainly startups so if I'm setting them up they tend to not have that problem as much because and for most people if I'm hmm, maybe yeah maybe 70% probably of my clients that come to me they don't have necessarily a second income or if they do have a second income it's very low so they can't actually afford to put any money into the business anyway but for those that do put money into the business and maybe the other 30% 
it's about going through the whole process with them. So it's reports, right? It's all to do with the reports. What are you actually spending your money on? And is it a necessary cost? So it's, it's if you're just starting up, for example, then the first thing is to do that budget. So how much is your business going to need you to put in before you get to X, Y or Z position? So that's initially what I would do with an actual startup company. So we do the budget. We look at cash flow forecast. What initial cash have you got? If you invest this amount, then you can do this, that, that. That will pay for your website, for example, marketing, whatever else is going on. If they've come to me and they've already started their business, which actually is probably more common that they've started their business, but there's no business growth and they're also not paying themselves any money from the business, then it still comes down to back to the budgeting. What can you, what, what, um, how much is your business turning over? What are you spending and why is there nothing left in the pot? So it's looking at all of that and then it's looking at your sales prices. And for a lot of them, it's usually down to the sales price. They're not making a profit because they forget about the overheads of the business. So they think up this figure out of nowhere sort of thing or, or their competitor is charging something similar. And then they, they think, OK, so I'm going to charge, I don't know, say 20 pounds for this particular product. Someone down the road is charging 25 pounds for this product but I need to... Um, obviously pay for this, pay for my website, pay for my overheads, pay for my mobile bill, pay for whatever else. My tax is, <laughs> okay, but pay tax on that. But they haven't thought about all those other costs that are involved. So by the time that they should be earning a profit, there's nothing left. <laughs> and so I have to break down the whole process with them. I actually, I've actually done courses now on sales and price to help them to choose the correct sales price, to incorporate all the costs that they need to incorporate. But yeah, it's a big one. Yeah, I know. I went through that <laughs> phase. I think it's, I think it's one of those baptismal fires that you go through because for me, um, you know, starting my coaching business, it, it started off as a passion project. And I think that's where yeah. a lot of small business owners um, kind of trip up because it starts off as something that you're really passionate about and there's all this good intention behind it. So the money side is kind of the last thing on your mind until yeah. you're in the business. And now you're thinking, but, you know, I, I, I need, you know, to live and I need to do whatever, you know, I've fortunate because I've got a full-time job at the moment but you know even then I'll, I've been like this this business is taking a lot of my own personal money like <laughs> and that's the thing so it, it works both ways if you you know because yeah there are clients who do work full-time and they're just trying to build the business but they end up like you said spending all their money on the business and not actually taking anything out and if you're not careful five years later <laughs> you've been funding a hobby so that's why I call it a hobby because it's not actually paying you you're absolutely right the individual is passionate is passionate about what they do right they're passionate about their business and that they're starting their business and what they actually are producing or serving and so the financial side gets left which is why I always say to people if you get an, an accountant bookkeeper whatever you need your finances done from the beginning then that's going to give you the space to be able to do the bits that you love because the systems will already be in place 
before you get burnt. <laughs> and then you go off and do what you love to do. And then you have your meetings with your accountant. They deal with all the business growth strategies, tell you what you should be doing. And you start to take money from your business. So, but people tend to do it the other way around, unfortunately. Yeah, it's one of those things, you know, unless you've done it, you don't know. And yeah. the yeah. best thing I ever did, and I always tell people the best thing I ever did was get an accountant because yeah. I, I can I can just do what I'm good at. And then the exactly. numbers side, um, I just wait for that email chasing me for invoices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I know it's going to get done correctly. So as we're going to be entering um, the new calendar year, what are some of the areas that you believe businesses should be focusing on at the beginning of, of each year to just be able to go through the 12 months more efficiently? So businesses don't necessarily deal with calendar years. So you will deal with your actual accounting year, your financial year. Okay. Self-employed people, however, January is extremely important for them because their returns should be filed by the end of January and paid <laughs> if you owe any taxes. So January is really busy for accountants, chasing up their clients saying, you know, if they need their receipts or whatever, so they can file the returns. I don't generally have that problem with my clients because I'm very strict. And as soon as the financial year, which runs from April to April is over, I'm chasing them so that we can file their returns as soon as possible. So they have time before January, if they haven't saved their tax liability to save that money and be able to pay it by the 31st of January. However, most of us will always have that one person who didn't listen and who's gonna to come to you in January, you know, and you're gonna to have to file their returns. So 31st of January, very important for most self-employed people. However, if you've done it, then it's not, right? Because <laughs> you know you've done it. For um, limited companies, so usually people will have their year-end accounts um, done, and that just depends on when they started their business. So it could be any month of the year. But I tend to do quarterly reviews with my clients if I can. And then the annual one is usually at that point where they then want to put strategies in place for the following year. So it's not necessarily calendar year. It's more to do with their accounting year. So that could be September to October or whatever. So I think the new year, but what the new year does bring, and for most people, it kind of does bring newness, doesn't it? So you kind of want to think, okay, where do I want my business to, because I did that this year, where do I want my business to go for this calendar year? When you're setting maybe your financial goals or plans, and I did that for my business, you know, what do I want to achieve? What level, where do, what level I want it to go up to? So my thing is always just to look at your numbers. If you know you're not good at looking at your numbers, I'd say, get good at it <laughs> I mean there's so much accounting software now out there that makes it so easy you can just have the app on your phone you can press two buttons and it will bring up your profit and loss reports for example so that's going to show where your money has come in so depending on all the different services you may supply you can see which ones are doing well which ones perhaps didn't bring any money in and you can also see on that report where you're spending all your money as well am I spending too much with this in this particular area maybe I need to revisit that and see if I can get something a bit cheaper so it just opens up all those questions for you so I'd still say it's a good time to review your business and know your numbers 
And if you know you're not good with, for example, uploading your receipts, that might be something, a new, um, what's it called? New Year resolution. I don't really do resolutions, but that's what they call it. That could be a new year resolution. This year, I'm going to be more timely with uploading my receipts for my accountant, for example. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's okay. You're, you're not bad like that at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. once in a while, I, I fall <laughs> off the, the wagon. But yeah, I've actually... <laughs> Um, created a folder on my computer so at least when when a receipt comes in my email because yeah. most of my payments are done on direct debit I'll try and put them in the folder and then at least they're all there if I forget to upload them for the accountant then when I get chased I've got them but it, did, <laughs> it took a while to to get into that habit yeah. you know and and I think just thinking about how my journey to being able to provide the information that the accountant needs to do um, the numbers for me mm. it, it was really about discipline and it is discipline. Um, yeah and also just thinking about you know if I if I just make things easier for everybody it will be easier for me because you know my inbox gets filled with all sorts of things and then to be looking around for the email for from google for the g suite thing <laughs> you know yeah, just, exactly <laughs> Where is that? Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. And you're right, it is discipline, but I think also a lot of people forget that you are running a business and it's not just about the bits that you like to do. You know, it's it's also, because like for me, I hate marketing. Marketing is not my thing, for example, but I know I have to. So even if you say like, you know, I'm going to spend an hour a month on finance, for example, you know, that's that's still something. And then you di diarize it. Just like if you've got a meeting with somebody else, you put that in your diary. I usually suggest put a meeting for the finances in your diary, if that's going to help you to be disciplined. Two hours or whatever it's going to take, depending on your business. Two hours, make sure all my receipts are uploaded, sent my bank statements or whatever it is. Look at my reports, whatever it is. But yeah, then that way you, it becomes natural. <laughs> Yeah, I think that the whole point about diarizing and setting aside time is so, is so powerful. I advise mm -hmm. people to come up with a day in their diary when they look at their personal finances. So, yes. and that's mm -hmm. funny, you know, I'm telling people to do that and I do that for my personal finances. But when it comes to the business, whole different <laughs> ball game, whole different set of emotions. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that's that's such, such good uh, advice. And I think another thing people should realize or at least acknowledge is if, numbers is not your thing then try and find someone try and outsource because we can't do everything exactly you know. that so you do the bits that you can and the bits that you can't do you outsource I even said to a client you know even if you've got a teenage child when it comes to doing your receipts it's just taking a picture on your mobile phone because of the app that the, the software I use which is QuickBooks you can just take a picture of it on your phone so just get your children you know your teenager pay them you know I don't know some 20 pounds or something say just do all those receipts for me snap them and 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 then it's done yeah as easy as that you know I think we're so lucky now in this day and age with all these um diff this the different software that's out there that's making it so so easy and I think it's getting easier and easier to mm. you know re keep your records etc absolutely one thing I wanted to find out from you, Jackie, is uh, because you mentioned it briefly at the beginning, you have created some courses. Yes. Would you mind sharing uh, with us what some of those courses are and where 
people can find them and actually who they're targeted to? Yeah, absolutely. So I at the moment, the one that I've got released is pricing that pays, it's called. So it's all about setting that price to make sure that you're going to make a profit. That one is actually on my website at the moment. That one's live. I am in the process of rechanging all my programs and everything that I've got going. So from January, probably I will have more. So I've got courses about managing your business finances. Um, I've got programs that will be coming out. I probably will say because I'm actually going through all of that now, January is probably the best time, but everything will always be on my website. So everyone can access anything on everything on there. And are these all online self-paced courses or are they live? Yeah, so the price net pays is an online self-paced one. Um, I've got a program, a couple of programs actually that I'm releasing, which will be a combination of both. So it will be courses, but it will also have live um, webinars, teaching sessions from me myself as well. So yeah. Okay. All change coming, all change coming. Yeah. <laughs> Exciting. So people should just keep a lookout on your um... keep a lookout. Yeah, keep a lookout. They're all they'll they'll all be coming out shortly. And just I mean, people can follow me on social media. I yeah. will always be advertising and marketing them on there. But at the moment, yeah, my pricing one is is on there. I also take on accounting clients, as you know, startups are are really my target. So if you're just thinking about starting a business or just starting a business, um, definitely you can contact me and I can make sure you get those systems in place. It's definitely worth it, believe me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. took a load off my shoulders, just, um, you know, getting someone to do numbers for me. That's what I see when, when, when people want to connect with me and I always do an initial free consultation. And I find that people, as I'm talking to them, their shoulders are going lower and lower because it's like, this is what I needed, but I didn't know it was what I needed almost. It's like they know they need something, but they're not quite sure what that looks like. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) which is great. And I didn't know accountants could have that effect. (laughs) Yes, we can. I thought you're all a bunch of boring people who just like work know, in right? spreadsheets. <laughs> I've been trying to fly the flag for accountants. We're not all like that. <laughs> it's not all about spreadsheets. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Yeah. You also have a membership, Jackie. Yeah, sure. This is so my personal financial management hat. So I run a social enterprise also. And this is kind of really why I started my business. It was really, like, as I said, to help youth initially and then adults because I realized that these youth have parents (laughs) who also don't necessarily know how to manage their finances so I started a community in July it's called the financial wealth community and basically it's a membership group and I take you through a seven-step program and it's to build wealth one step at a time so I'm not necessarily about telling people that they're going to have six figures and be rich and blah, blah. That's not really what I'm about. I'm about let's take it one step at a time and get to a position to where your finances are at least healthy. So I work with a lot with disadvantaged groups, but I found just from running the community, it's not just disadvantaged groups. It is normal, ordinary people that are working that has just never known or been taught 
how to manage their finances. So the seven steps are money mindsets. Um, we go through money mindset. We go through budgeting, planning, estate planning, investments, um, hobbies, multiple streams of income, but businesses, basically running a business instead of a hobby. And then the final step is community, which is me, as you know, and it's all about giving back and helping somebody else through the process. And it's been running really well. Yeah, I'm getting really good feedback from that. So some of it, it is self-paced again, but then I do run live webinars and I have also industry experts come in and give talks such as yourself. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's really good. Yeah, I'm really happy with that. Well, congratulations on, on the membership and I'm glad it's going well. I look forward to seeing it getting bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, Jackie, I've had such a good time uh, chatting with you. And it's so weird because I talk to you quite a lot. And this is like, mm -hmm. oh, this is such a nice conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess hearing all about me and focusing on me, which is weird for me, but for you, probably right. I'm getting so much insight into this person I talk to all the time. But yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no, it's been oh. brilliant. I love sharing my journey. Oh, you know, yeah. So that's been brilliant. Great. Yeah. As you know, um, I believe that to create true wealth, we must mm -hmm. all be clear on what wealth means to us in each area of our life. So mm -hmm. in a few words, please, could you share what wealth means to you in the following areas, physical, mental, spiritual, social, and financial well-being? Wow. <laughs> I love that in a few words. Okay. <laughs> Physical wealth means to me. So wealth means not about just money and riches. It's about a network of people. So I exercise. So physically, I have access to people who encourage me and hold me accountable to make sure that I maintain my health um, via, via what I put in my body, basically my food, and also um, with my exercise. So to me, that's what makes me healthy and wealthy, sorry. Mental, so I have a therapist. I, I invested myself for that therapist because um, not even that there's, a, when I say there's nothing particularly wrong, I did go to a therapist for a particular reason, but I've maintained it because it just helps me to be able to offload to someone that's not close to me. And I love that idea of that. So I feel like I'm mentally wealthy because, again, I'm, I'm using that resource that's afforded to me. Spiritual is a good one. I'm part of a church community. And so they sow into me and I also am able to sow into them. So I think that also makes me very wealthy because it, even though it's not the mental, but the spiritual does help with my mental as well. So definitely. So social, that's a really good one. I have a wealth of friends, <laughs> a good network of, of friends and family that I spend time with. I like to go out. I'm very sporty. Um, I met a lot of, one of my very close friends through sports, actually, and um, when we played netball many years ago. So that's definitely, I, I, I kind of sum it up like this, you know, Titsy. This is what I kind of say. I was talking to someone the other day and I said, if I had no money, I would still be wealthy. And I tell you why. I, I could spend a night every day of the year at someone's house. Someone would be willing to put me up for every day of the year. And I didn't look at this before, but it made me really grateful because not everybody has that. And to me, that is also wealth. 
because I have made connections, I followed them up and vice versa, that I feel I wouldn't have to be on the streets. So even if I didn't have a lot of money, I would still class myself as being wealthy. So financially now, what does that mean financially? How long have you got? (laughs) In a few sentences, financially, financially, financial wealth to me is, it has different levels. First level for me is being financially healthy. That means having streams of income that can pay my bills seamlessly. That if I lost a stream of income, I could still do that. The next level for me would be where I'm having recurring income without me having to work for it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that's yeah. the dream for me. That's my <laughs> pinnacle. Yeah, that's yeah. my pinnacle. That's, that, that's the, the level of wealth I'm aiming for. Yeah, at this stage of my life. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love all of yeah. that, Jackie. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And your, you know, what you said about your social network and your, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's phenomenal. And you're right. Not everyone can say that. So it, it just goes to show the type of person you are as well. And on that note, if someone wanted to become part of your social network or work <laughs> with you. <laughs> Absolutely. They- I'm on Instagram. They can follow me on Instagram. My handle is at financial13, F-U-N-C-I-A-L 13. I'm on LinkedIn, LinkedIn under Jackie Stewart. I do have a Facebook page also, financial training, um, or if they want to send me an email to connect with me, they can do that at info at F for Freddie, T for Tango, and consultancy.com. Oh, thank you for that. I will put all of those uh, links and your email address in the show notes so people can get hold of you easily. Oh, Jackie, thank you so much for being such an amazing guest and for sharing so much knowledge and information and tips. I'm sure anyone who's listening to this, who's a small business owner or thinking about setting up a business, will be taking lots of notes and referring back to this because there's so much gold in here. So thank you so much. And thank you um, for the opportunity. No problem. I'll be coming up with another excuse to bring you back on the podcast. <laughs> Love to do it. No problem. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Connect with me at The Wealth Conversation on Facebook and Instagram so we can continue the discussion. Also, if you're ready to define what wealth truly means to you, then go to thewealthconversation.com and download the Wealth Cornerstones Guide. Until next week, stay focused on becoming the designer of your financial future.